Yo, what's good, everybody? It is Jet Black Extreme, and I'm back at it again with another episode of the Zone Podcast. Joining me today, it is Kokugatsu and <coughs> Professor Tuck, and we're going to be doing part one of Sonic the Hedgehog Extreme Review. This part, we're doing specifically the movies. So it's going to be the movie that came out last year, as well as we're going to talk about what we know about the sequel coming up next year and maybe some fan theories and personal perspectives in between. Now, before we get started, Koki, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm pretty excited, you know, honestly, finding out that Sonic's turned 30 this year. I'm not quite 30 yet, so it came out just a couple years before me. I just turned 28. But yeah, 30 years that Sonic the Hedgehog came out. I'm pretty excited to go ahead and kind of talk about this, you know, especially come out my birth month, man. Why not? Oh, yeah. And still funny how we did do Riot and the Last Dragon on your birthday. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) yeah, cool, 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 cool. And Professor Tuck, how you doing today, sir? Hey, I'm doing pretty good out here, you know what I'm saying? I'm really here and happy to be excited to be talking about Sonic. It really takes me back because, like, we sort of grew up with Sonic, and I'm really excited to talk about him. Oh, yeah, me too. Like, bro, like, let me tell you, I grew up with Sonic too. Like, back when, do anybody remember the Game Gear? Like, kind of yes. like a Game Boy, but yes. yeah, you remember that fat thing? Yeah, I, I was one of those it. kids that had that thing. You still I got still it? Got... No, I, I don't still, still have it, it but uh, Jeremy still, I'm Coke Gaster still yes. got it. <laughs> like, I used to, but you know, I, I still got mine. It's in a box upstairs right now. <laughs> Playing Sonic Hedgehog That's two on that so. thing, I was like, bro, like, I, like <laughs> yeah, like spend nights just trying to clear the floors, and even if you do beat the game, but just play it again, shit. <laughs> right in front of the game, spark a wonderful movie, bro. Yeah, definitely. Right. I mean, but, growing up, I was pretty excited about it because I was looking for some of those mechanics that was into it. Like, growing up, I mean, I'm not talking about the Game Gear. I'm talking about, I said, I had the original Sega. Like, we had that Sega in my family for a long time. We tried to keep Sega. it up. Sega! Yes, man. So, I'm talking about, like, before Sega Saturn, before, I'm talking about the original first Sega. <laughs> so, yeah. we had the old school first, very first Sonic the Hedgehog game. We had Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And the expansion, Sonic the Hedgehog 3, I don't know if y'all remember about that expansion pack for Sonic the Hedgehog 3, where you were supposed to put in the game and then put the game on top of it to um, play them both together. Hmm. Y'all remember that? No, I don't remember that. That's probably going to be more so to talk when we actually review the games. But yeah, like what it was with Sonic the Hedgehog 3, you could play it by itself. But if you had Sonic the Hedgehog 2 onto there, you would plug in Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and it had, a, it had an opening for it to where you could put Sonic the Hedgehog 2 on top of it. So that way you could wind up playing with Knuckles. So that way when you wind up playing against Knuckles and stuff, you actually had the chance of playing with Sonic and Tails along with playing with Knuckles. It gave a full expansion. And if you had the expansion into it, it um, had the second game that you could put with it. You had a whole bunch of other stuff that you had along with it too that you could play with. You had early access to be able to get in some of the um, Chaos Emeralds it didn't open up another story, but it did give you the opportunity to play with Knuckles because you had the second game. Like I said, we're going to get more into that when we get into reviewing into the games. So yeah. <laughs> I'm a 
fan of the series. So that was one of the things I looked out for in the movie. I wanted to see, are we sticking with the same storyline as far as the video games? Are we sticking with the storyline as far as the comics? Or is this going to be something completely different? Yeah. And what I like about Sonic in general is that he's multi-generational. You know what I'm saying? My yeah. daughter likes Sonic. My mom liked Sonic. Like, you know what I'm saying? And this character yeah. is iconic. Yeah. I mean, My wife like... Retro games. And Sonic Mania is what we got right now. <laughs> yeah, like Koki Gossett said, 30 years, man. 30 years. Like... Oof. Competition I mean, with Yeah, like I remember not only having the Game Gear, but I too had the Sega Saturn playing Sonic Hedgehog on that. We and you know what really t- took off uh, when it was on the Sega Genesis, and you have Sonic Adventure One and Two. But like we said, we're not trying to focus on the games; we're trying to focus on the movies. Now, with the movie. Uh, we do have one thing I do like. Uh, first of all, with this movie, keep in mind with Sonic turning 30 this year, I kind of like how last year it kind of goes to show that, excuse me, I was trying to think 2019. Yes, because it was gonna, it was in production in 2019. And then it premiered in 2020. But the point is that while it was in production, we had that original design for Sonic and (laughs) nobody was digging it. Like, you can tell nobody was digging it. And it made such an outcry that they pretty much had to delay the movie just to go back and be like, okay, we got to make Sonic look more like the actual Sonic instead with all the teeth and shit. And boom, we got a better looking Sonic the Hedgehog. True. And I got a theory on that later, but uh, what did you think of the movie, JBX? Bruh, honestly, I liked it. I really liked it. Like, it's just like how it's multi-generational. It's that kind of movie to where you can show it to your kids. You can show it to your parents. You can show it to pretty much anyone in multiple age groups. And be like, okay, this is kind of a fun movie. It's not to oversell it, like it wasn't super spectacular, but then again, this is just the beginning, as far as I can see. Because you see at the end, Tails is just now showing up, and yeah. you also, oh, yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. Excited. Yeah, now hold on. Uh, Tails shows up at the end, and we already know in the sequel that Knuckles is going to show up. And the way I see it, okay, whatever happens in Sonic the Hedgehog 2 happens, but I kind of predicting that there's so much potential to these movies to where, again, like Koki Gatsu said, they introduce so many different characters from the comics and uh, the games and all that that it has potential to run very long. Like, it it could be, like, the next Fast and Furious. Like, we're going to be looking at, like, Sonic the Hedgehog 9, and I was like, oh, my God, let this series die already. <laughs> I mean, we get it because there's so many characters, there's so much to work with, but let it die already. 
It's going to have hopefully, a, it's going to have a spin off. Hopefully, they go the same route that Marvel did, where you got the movies, but then they decide to do a TV show expansion of the other characters and stuff to lead into another movie type of thing. Like that would be awesome if they wanted to doing that. Like bring back yeah. another, t- bring back another TV series following this storyline into it. Because one of the things is like, yeah, we confirmed like we know Tails is in there. We confirmed from trailers that Knuckles in there, which was already hinted at in the first movie. Like you remember, like towards the beginning, one of the first things that you know for those who have yes, been the Sonic is, yeah, the Echidnas was hunting down Sonic because of his power. Now, granted, I don't that leaves so much mystery because we don't know how this came about. We don't know how Sonic got this power. We don't know anything about that. In the original storyline, as far as into the comics, Sonic got his power actually from the Chaos Emeralds. Well, not even so much from Chaos Emeralds, from the Master Emerald itself. Mm-hmm. From exposure to Chaos gave him the power of intense super speed and stuff like that. So, that, as far as in the comics, we have an origin story of how Sonic got his powers. We understand that because, you know, everything is also in a... One of the things I was very nervous about how they changed up as far as the movie and the comics and, and the video games and how things were is they went kind of like a Sonic X TV show route where Sonic was uh-huh. in a whole different, was in a whole different world and moved over, which in Sonic X still wasn't fully explained. Because Sonic X made it feel like, okay, did they jump to a new world or did they jump into a different time period? Because those who are fans of the comics know Sonic takes place in a hold after Apocalypse. Like, after the world has been destroyed and remade, humans have destroyed themselves and killed themselves from nuclear attacks and stuff like that. So what winds up happening is, is that Dr. Robotnik winds up coming from the past into the future and wants to take over the world to try to, because he sees a brand new fresh world he can take over and do stuff and shit like that. Whereas all of our anamorphic animals like Sonic, Tails, Amy, and them are all animals that got mutated from the continuous amounts of nuclear explosions that wound up creating different dimensions and stuff like that and all types of craziness. So it was a whole bunch of different things that go into it versus in the movie, you got Sonic is in a whole different world, like a whole different either planet or universe or dimension, whatever the case may be, and instead uses these power rings to come to our world to escape being captured by these echidnas. And so mm-hmm. you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Now, see, see hold on. Um, I'm going to let you finish uh, if you have anything else, but I like how, for starters, they have this one character, Longclaw, that's basically like looking like that giant owl from um, Legend of Zelda games. Like, you know, that giant owl that show up on that tree whenever Link yeah. gets to a major milestone. Yeah, looking like that. And essentially, Longclaw was a guardian of his, like when he was young and he had the superpowers and all that. It, but another thing, I like how you mentioned how the origin story of how Sonic, Tails, and the others were practically mutated. And that just really got me thinking of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for some reason. But, you know, Hedgehog and <laughs> Foxes and, <laughs> and the kids. <laughs> During that time period, like anamorphic animals, human-like animals, furries was really a start into the thing. It wasn't a whole big furry thing yet. But during that time, people was really starting to kind of like it. I mean, think about Bugs. Bu- during this time, we also had Bugs Bunny and Lola. Well, Lola Bunny wasn't out yet. But, you know, we had Bugs and Daffy and stuff like that. 
So, you know, anamorphic animals was kind of a thing during this time. How would it be if we can make a creature look like me? <laughs> and, you know, that's funny. That's real funny because in my notes, I have... Let me ask you this. Uh, quick question, pop quiz. What came <laughs> first? Supersonic or Super Saiyan in Dragon Ball Z? Super Saiyan. Correct. And here's why. Huh. Here's why. I was surely going to say Sonic. Nope. No, no, no. It's understandable why you would say Sonic because technically you're not wrong. Both of you technically are not wrong because here's mm. the story. Supersonic came first conceptually. The only problem was the design wasn't there and they pretty much had to put Supersonic on the back burner until they come up with a design. But with the success of Dragon Ball Z and that iconic moment when Goku goes Super Saiyan, that's Whoop. when Team Sonic was like, you know what? Let's go with that. Thanks. Actually, I'm, I'm going to quickly mention this. I was actually watching a show, um, like watching a video on YouTube. It was a, I think it was actually Watch Mojo. And that literally the show the episode I was watching was video games that copied anime. And that was one of the things that specifically they talked about was about how Supersonic, his golden form, is literally a copy of Dragon Ball Z. Yes, they they had an idea of doing something with Sonic as far as him, if you actually gain all the Chaos Emeralds. You were supposed to be able to get this extra ultra speed form, but they wasn't sure what to do. Like you said, they wasn't sure what to do with it. But then, yeah, Dragon Ball Z came out and they're like, we're going to turn him from blue to golden. And now look at what Dragon Ball Z's done. We're turning golden to blue. <laughs> it's kind of like when Goku and Naruto kind of nod towards each other because, you know, they're w- both wearing orange and they sometimes wear uh, each other's outfits. It's kind of like a nod towards creators. Be like, we see you, fam. We see you. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, it's sort of that thing. And can you imagine if they went with a different design for Supersonic, like maybe make him like sparkly and shit to make him seem like Supersonic? But funny enough, that'll make him look like Ultra Instinct Sonic the Hedgehog. And, you know, Dragon Ball Super would have eventually came with the same idea. And you, you, you see how it, it correlates? Mm hmm. You know, another yeah. borrowed thing they did was um they pretty much also took Kaioken as well. Where you know how Goku goes Kaioken form, where he's not necessarily super, like not super Saiyan, but you know a much more super version of himself. He gets like a whole different, he gets like his own natural colored aura around him, but keeps his same right. color and stuff. And then they kept that same thing with Sonic too, where Sonic winds up not getting super Sonic form, but if he collects enough rings. It was only a short period of time they had this, but if he collected enough rings, not so much the Chaos Emeralds, he would be able to gain the extra super speed form to where he almost touched supersonic, except minus the changing color and changing to a gold color and flying and stuff. But he achieved an extra super form where he gained his own extra blue aura around him and gained even more speed. And of course, like in the comics, they were able to use that more into that to try to see into it. And if you actually, in the movie, they kind of touched into that, where we thought that Sonic was dead. We thought that he was gone. It was like, oh, my God, no, he's gone. But then he came back, and he's, like, kind of achieved, in a sense, a super form that wasn't supersonic. But his Mm. ultimate, fastest, 
like completely surrounding himself in his blue energy. I like that the movie paid an ode to that, but that was also another one where they kind of copied off of Kaioken. You're not quite in the super set. You're not in the super form yet, but you've become more super than you already are by tapping into your own potential and power. Yeah. Gentlemen. 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 Are we? Look, I'm like that one dude sitting at that chair with that mug, and I'm sitting here like, Silver the Hedgehog is the future trunks of the Sonic universe. Changed my mind. (laughs) Come on, from the future? He came from the future to try to save, to try to save the world. But in coming from the future, wound up realizing it was a whole different set of timeline in itself. Then goes back and tries to save his own future, his own way, because he's the own hero of his own world. That that's another direct. Co- come on, we're just gonna bring out all the Dragon Ball Z copies that so- that Sonic the Hedgehog have used. Like, let's just be honest. Here. And can we also mention how a lot of times Sonic ends up befriending the rival? Like, honestly, it's getting to a point to where Shadow Hedgehog is basically the Vegeta of the series, even though obviously Shadow isn't the father of Silver, but Shadow does remind me of Vegeta and quite a few senses. For starters, both these dudes pride themselves a lot. Vegeta prides himself being the prince of all Saiyans. Shadow prides himself being the ultimate life form. These two people so many times have their heads so far up their asses about themselves but they always get curve stomped by the main protagonist exactly <laughs> and the only and the funniest devil. part is the more involved they get into the series the more watered down as an anti-hero that they get because they're an anti-hero by their base but they get less edgy as it goes can I also and, mention too? yeah go ahead this is just one quick thing. We're going to touch base into this when we get more into video games, but then still sticking with how Shadow's so prideful and comparing Shadow to Vegeta. Both of them, in their own in their own right during their own prideful moment, caused a major destruction that led to a whole new supervillain that pretty much was strong became stronger than them. My example into that: if any of you have ever played Sonic Forces, if you haven't, at least look into it. <laughs> Mephistopheles, like not Mephistopheles from Sonic 06, but another guy that's very mm-hmm. similar to it. But the main protagonist. Oh, yeah, the one guy. I know. Sonic yeah. And now we're talking about in Dragon Ball Super, Granola. <laughs> I mean, he's strong, though, but come on, bro. Y'all phoned in on these names. That's true. But, but come on. We're trying to think of, like, Vegeta recognized the planet. And even if you decide to go into, like, whatever, like, Dragon Ball GT, they still try to touch base on the same thing as far as baby. Oh, snap, a new chapter comes out Huh? I was just saying, a new chapter comes out in three days, just a reminder. <clears throat> Definitely. And then, but even if we talk about GT, you know, as far as the planet Truffle and stuff like that, and Baby, you know, Baby knew Vegeta. He knew who Vegeta was. He knew, yeah. he's like, same race is the ones that did this, and he's like, "Oh, you're in trouble." We thought you, you was, was all weak type of stuff. Both mm-hmm. both Shadow and Vegeta have both caused some type of destruction and wound up mentally destroying a character that seemed so minor way back when, 
that all of a sudden now comes up being this ultra super powered monster that stands in your way. And they're like, really? Really? <laughs> Words of the Bro, like, Don't let your pride and, create new things for you. <laughs> and another thing is, I want to say that Vegeta and Shadow, to a degree, they also have, they both share a fall art. You know, like how, okay, they were doing good, but then they kind of relapsed into bad habits. Uh, Vegeta, you know, the whole Majin Buu art, you know, Majin Vegeta, say no more on that. And then with Shadow, let's just keep in mind that Shadow the Hedgehog game, uh, he was working with, you know, whatever his name is on that alien, um, Black Doom. Yeah, yeah, that's what his name is, Black Doom. And basically that was his fall art because he was pretty much working for the bad guys, you know, because he really wanted to be the ultimate life form so bad. But, you know, he had to learn that he had to put that behind him and it's like live a new life. And that's when the Vegeta kicked in to where, okay, he's no longer that edge lord that we know that now from now on, he's going to be like a more watered down version of that anti-hero that we know. So yeah, basically, sure. Shadow the Hedgehog is Shadow's Majin Vegeta arc. <laughs> Pretty much. So, I mean, since we're still mainly trying to talk about the movie here, I know I kind of derailed a little bit on that side. Yeah, I did too. You think? Do you think Shadow's going to perform like a surprise appearance in Sonic 2, or do you think they're going to make a third movie and have Son- have on Shadow appear in that one? I am so glad you asked that because that is in my notes. Like, that's one of my fan theories that either Metal Sonic or Shadow is going to make a surprise appearance in this sequel coming out next year. I'm thinking Metal Sonic most likely for this sequel coming out. But I wouldn't be surprised if they made a third one and then Shadow makes an appearance there. Uh, Essentially, like I said um, before, that... I talked to Kogatsu about this. Basically, I was thinking that Shadow is going to appear as a rival, kind of like how Knuckles is going to appear as a rival to Sonic in this sequel. It's going to be the same formula, except it's going to be with Shadow, and it's going to be like a Godzilla versus Kong kind of vibe to where they're going to be fighting each other, but ultimately they have to work together to fight Metal Sonic. Yes. That's what I'm kind of picturing. Okay. Yes. Well, I don't think Metal Sonic will be introduced in the beginning of this second film. I think right. maybe towards the end to set up the third one. Um, but yeah. I do believe that some big premise is going to occur where they will have to work together. Yes. And keep in mind, if they, they do keep introduce us Metal, if they mm-hmm. do introduce Metal Sonic, they have to introduce Amy Rose too. They have to. True. And it'll be that romantic comedy element that this movie series is going to need going forward because, of course... How is that going to go with Amy? Because as far as in the movie, Sonic was by himself with um, with the Owl Lady. So, like, he, he didn't... Like, he was hidden away from the world into it. So, is this going to be like uh, he knew Amy back when they were really, really little or something like that, do you think? Or is this just going to be she sees him and at first she's like, oh, whatever. Then she sees how he is. And he's like, oh, you're not so bad. Maybe I might like you or something like that. H- how do you think that's going to go, really? They can flashback they, to a memory. You know? No, 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 no. Funny enough, 
because I did make a post about this similar on Facebook this morning. Think Future Diary. It's going to be like, ah. oh, there he is. And suddenly I just can't help but feel some type of way about him. And I'm just suddenly obsessed with him. Like, it's going to be so phoned in to where it's like, it's almost as if she caught feelings for him out of nowhere. Uh, I don't know. See, I don't like that. See, I, I don't. See, no, no, no. <laughs> that's the thing. Put it into the right. <laughs> no, but the funny thing is, that's just how Hollywood's going to go. It's like, it doesn't make sense, but that's most likely where they're going to go with it. Because they're going to be like, they're going to phone it in to be like, okay, let's just cut corners because we don't have time to add on why or you know, detailed reasons why this girl likes this dude. Like, just be like love at first sight and just, she just fell in love with him at first sight? Okay. Well, or better yet, if Metal Sonic does show up in either the sequel or the third movie, it could be a moment to where okay, Amy Rose is just existing. Like, she's existing kind of outside of Sonic's range to where Okay, she's this character on the side, but she's not going to meet up with Sonic until they coincidentally, okay, Metal Sonic is wreaking havoc. She gets involved. She's in peril. Sonic rescues her. There's the moment where that fateful encounter where she suddenly had this hero syndrome, started falling in love with Sonic. And from there on, she starts stalking the dude. I can picture that. Okay, I I can see that. I don't know. We're going to see what happens. Because in all honesty, like, there's not really a series that I straight up can say, oh, I like Amy. There's there's not a series that I can say that. Like, Amy is annoying as fuck to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to be dead honest with you. Like, either way, it's like, I know it doesn't make sense, but that's just a thing. By now, we know that there's, they're going to do it in a way that we're not going to like, but that's just how I picture how they're going to introduce Amy. Like it's, it's honestly not going to be well thought out. I'm just picturing, I'm just lowering my expectations right now. I'm not expecting a masterpiece. I'm just, you know, just move the plot along, please just get to the point, move along. And yeah, it's going to, it's a little counterintuitive, but that's just my impression based on movies nowadays to where they're not going to be totally accurate with the comic count part. And what's worse is that it's going to create an inconsistency that we saw a mile away. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I can see that. Well, I don't want to talk about Amy no more. Amy, I told you. She <laughs> I actually have a serious question that I wanted to ask into this. And Tuck, I actually want some of your um, thoughts into this one as well, too. So, obviously they kept the human counterpart like they did in, in the Sonic X TV show, which we'll talk about in part two, of course. Um, but how do you feel as far as this replacement of Chris with this other guy, James? Hmm. How, how do y'all feel about our, our human counterpart with Sonic this time in this episode, in this movie? Uh, I feel like with the Sonic Hedgehog movie, I did say it might get the Fast and Furious treatment depending on how they space out the Sonic universe, like if they're going to continue doing a Sonic the Hedgehog movie for years and years and years. But at the same time, I think that the Sonic the Hedgehog movie is also going to get the Transformers treatment to where 
he's just gonna be one of those dudes to where yeah he's gonna be a thing for like maybe the next movie and then maybe a third movie but eventually he's gonna get written out for a, a different human par- a partner to work with okay because i'm wondering into because yeah. i wound up trying to dive into a little bit <clears throat> but talk but first before i go into that talk, what what's your thoughts into into as far as into this guy into tom uh, I, that's that's I, I definitely agree. Um, you can roll into different aspects of the movie if you change human counterparts. Um, and you can dig a little deeper with like the character connections too, having on different types of human. Mm-hmm. So okay. it it just help the plot overall. It can expand like like we were saying. It can expand sort of a Marvel type of way. And I, I really think pe- putting tiny pieces of that together to make different character arcs builds up a story so much because they can have like a big finale, like and you know they can end the franchise or they can continue if if necessary, depending on like fan service and whatnot. True. Yeah. Like I think keep in mind. Uh, I'm just I'm sorry. I'm just gonna just say this. Keep in mind, like I said with the redesign, fan service pretty much saved this movie. So I'm thinking fan service is also going to make this the one cow that's just going to be milked to death. So I feel like as long as the fans going to demand more Sonic the Hedgehog movies, there might be. Okay. The reason I was kind of asking more so into this one is because it seems to be a very different aspect in itself. Like, as far as into Sonic X, and just a quick mention, I mean, we had Sonic at this point in the t- on the TV show where he is a little bit more mature. I would say the Sonic that we had was more so of a teenager Sonic who, you know, he still has his moments that he likes to try to goof off a little bit, but he, he's able to maintain serious mode when it needs to be. You know, hey, I, I can tell what I need to do into this one. Versus in the movie, we get more of a kid Sonic, like a Sonic, like Sonic Underground Sonic, where he, since, you know, he's just been on the run forever, he's never matured. He's just a kid. So it showed like a different maturity level as far as into this movie. And with our human counterpart, it wasn't someone who was growing along with him or more so of, um, I'm watching what's happening. Like, I help out when I can, but for the main part, I'm just kind of watching what's happening type of thing, too. This guy became a father figure, a father role for Sonic. Like, becoming that moment of he adopts Sonic into his family is like, hey, you'll just you'll be like a kid of mine type of thing. And I don't know, I felt kind of mixed about this in that aspect because it's just very different for me because it introduces Sonic again like as a kid, but it puts a human counterpart with a much more crucial into the story. Like, the way that he reacts with Sonic, the way that he kind of shows him, because at this point, he's going to show Sonic right from wrong. Sonic has an idea of different things, but it's going to be up to this guy, Tom, to really raise Sonic and show him what it is that he's supposed to do type of thing. And then that's going to change the maturity and the growth of Sonic in the series. And so that's one reason why I was asking about how you feel more into it, because I can see what you mean as far as like, he's not going to be as important. You can write him out, but I think he's going to, I think they set it up for him to be a major crucial, especially with how the movie ended. Like, not necessarily. At least I feel so. They could go into a more grittier aspect of it. They could give him like the reverse of like the Zuko character development and have him go progressively down a different path 
by doing one thing. Giving us a connection to a character and killing them off. This is ages all the time. Peter Parker, you know what I'm saying? With great power comes with great responsibility. They can instill something into Sonic that will cause him to spiral out of control for a bit and leading to some of the darker aspects of Sonic. Before bringing yeah, it back like, to um, the light. We, when you think about it, like you gotta remember that Sonic the Hedgehog isn't all smiles and rainbows. Like, Of course. I mean, look at some TV shows, let's be honest, and some of the villains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. There is some, like, Sonic can dive into some dark, grittier stuff, especially in the comics. The comics dive into a whole bunch of shit. So, like, I don't know, it, it, like, like we said, there's so much growth into it for, like, how this movie series can go. It's just more so of, will they actually take that route? Like, the first right. movie, you could tell, the first movie to me came out as a tester. Like, it came out as a, we just want to put this together and see what happens. Like, if I'm going to be honest, I enjoyed the movie, be, like, I think when we had talked about it before, but never actually reviewed into it, but I enjoyed the movie because watching it, I immediately had nostalgia moments. Like, I immediately am like, I'm watching a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Like, realistically, this is the first movie that's ever been made for Sonic the Hedgehog. Mario yeah. has tried and failed twice <laughs> to make movies back in the day, but they've never made a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. So this is the very first movie like, came out last year, so in 29 years of Sonic the Hedgehog, this was the very first movie. So with it being that, it had that opportunity to grasp me and, and probably other viewers as well into, like, your childhood moment. Like, you're, you're looking into it because it's the very first ever. I have no previous movie to compare this to, like, at all. But I compare it to True. his TV shows. But TV shows is different on the aspect of movies. We all know that. So I love watching well, it as my little kid heart because it tugged at my little kid heart like I enjoyed it feeling like I was a little kid again yeah I had the same kind of moment I had a nostalgia moment too when I seen it but like when the initial trailer came out with that original Sonic I was like this ain't it it. y'all remember the memes the memes alone like Man. Yeah, we all agreed onto the fact that because they listened to fans and changed it, that was the reason people went to watch it. A lot of people agreed on the same right. thing. And like, since you decided to make the change, you didn't do the normal Hollywood thing. You actually said, "We're gonna listen to y'all and make the change, but y'all gotta support the movie because, like we mentioned, yeah, we that's what the fuck up. Money. Right? I was yeah. like, man, I gotta go see it now. Yeah, I gotta yeah. go see it now. I'm obligated. I pay it gladly. I pay it gladly. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah day it. one. Because they, they needed that money back because that was a that's a lot of money for animation design. It's not just as simple as, oh, this is just an avatar. We just upload it in there and we just give a general thing into it. No, they have to go back and remake almost every single scene with that, like literally with that character. So it's like it's so much that you have to change into it. And that takes extra time. That takes extra mm-hmm. budgeting. Like people got to get paid for that. Like just to make right. a movie itself takes about two years. And we're talking about, Think about those designers sweating in the office. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but, uh, I really like how you put that with this movie because honestly, when you said that you can only really compare it to TV series and not movies, 
honestly, what I got from this is that Son of Hedgehog is basically phase one of the MCU. Like, with MCU phase one, they had to be very experimental about it. But look how it turned out by phase four. It became such a big thing that you're going back to phase one and thinking, wow. Like, they had to be really careful at first before they can progress into this bigger universe of movies. So, if anything, Son the Hedgehog 1 is going to be like the phase one of Son the Hedgehog. And it was so successful that I'm guessing that Son the Hedgehog 2 definitely has to bring it. And I can tell that because here's the thing. Uh, I was going to mention something else. But, um, shoot, I kind of got off tangent. But another thing I did want to mention was... Jim Carrey fucking carried this movie as Dr. Robot in it. Like, his humor alone pretty much carried the movie. And the fact that he's coming back as Dr. Eggman, even crazier than before, just proved that this movie, the next movie, is going to be potentially great. Because anybody who follows Jim Carrey from In Living Color to Ace Ventura to The Mask to The Kick-Ass... to kick ass to me, myself, and Irene. So many different movies that he's and shows that he's been in, so many appearances. You know that Jim Carrey fucking owns the whole madman type shit, you know? So the fact yeah, the fact that he oh go ahead. No, I'm just telling you, I'm agreeing with you. I say he delivers every time. Yes, he delivers every time. So the fact that you got this man casting as a mad scientist he's gonna fucking own this role like honestly at this point jim carrey as eggman is like one of those roles that we've been talking about where rdj as iron man hugh jackman as wolverine uh chris evans as captain america there's just so many people that was like practically born for the role yep Hey, real quick question, too. This was one of those ones. This just a quick pop quiz in itself and how it's different from the movie. Um, Dr. Robotnik, Dr. Eggman, same person, different person. Well, if we're not excluding his grandfather, who was also Dr. Robotnik, because, you, I mean, not his grandfather, his father, um, Gerald Robotnik. Um, this is Ivo Robotnik. So, both. Ivo Robotnik is also Dr. Eggman. Suck, what's your answer? <laughs> I agree. Both characters. Okay. Because it was only recently that they actually started doing that where they made them both the same character. <clears throat> Whereas, and you also can watch this back in some of the original Sonic games and as well as also in Sonic X when they touch base into it as well too. Dr. Robotnik was, and it actually was grandfather in, in, in Sonic X and in the comics too. Dr. Robotnik <clears throat> was the grandfather and Dr. Eggman was the grandson, the one that we know. Dr. Mm-hmm. Robotnik was not the evil mad scientist. Now, he was misunderstood, yes, but he was not the evil mad scientist that Dr. Eggman is. That was a whole different thing in his, in his own aspect as far as in the comics and stuff, too. But keep in mind, Dr. Robotnik, Eggman's grandfather, was the one who created Shadow. Versus mm-hmm. Eggman was the one who awakened Shadow. <clears throat> So, 
it's interesting in this aspect because they wound up having like they they never called him Eggman the whole movie. It was always just Robotnik, Robotnik, Robotnik. But it didn't become Eggman until Sonic saw him in his little in his own version of his own hover car, which I'll be honest, it always threw me off whenever I see Bowser in his little clown flying out. <laughs> the car. And you got Dr. Robotnik in his little Eggman car thing. I was like, y'all just can't come up with no new designs, can you? So, right. At least with the clown cover crowd, that's potentially scary, especially when they have that scary face. You remember playing Mario Brothers and um, fighting that thing and then they just have that scary face and it just flies out you in the screen? Like, that was nightmare right. to you as a five-year-old kid. I'm like, what the fuck, man? But keep in mind, I mean, the Dr. Eggman's one was was pretty much the same. It was Eggman's face with the giant front with the giant mustache, but they did the same thing for the eyes where they did like the X eyes like you're dead, like the dead machine but, or something. Death machine yeah, or something. But, but the difference is, yeah, like with his face, I wasn't that scared of him. But with the clown thing, like I'm not afraid of clowns, but it makes sense because some people have clown phobia. So it's kind of like Okay, uh, this looks pretty harmless, and then you see that face, like, whoa, bruh, like, there's people with legitimate clown phobia, you can't be doing that. All right, now, did y'all, when y'all watched the movie, did y'all pay attention to Robotnik's, to Jim Carrey Robotnik's, um, his flying car that he had? If you look at it, actually get a chance, you really can miss it because they didn't overly design it like they do for Eggman stuff all the time. But if you actually pause yeah. and look at the at his little hovercraft machine that he has, it was like decorated a little bit to look like Eggman's hovercraft. Yeah. So there was some design things into there that made it look very similar, which I did appreciate they did that old, even just a little bit. It was a little bit of an old. They could have did more to it, but basically understand it's different. <laughs> basically, they pay, they paid homage to the original design. But at the same time, because um, the original design is kind of dated, you remember, 30 years, uh, they had to, like, pretty much update it to where it kind of fits modern-day time, you know, kind of like drones to where it kind of had to look like a drone to a degree. So it had to look cutting-edge and not so corny, but there were still design elements to where, okay, we kind of see the reference there. But you did have to update it to fit modern times. And that's just the thing with this movie to where it made one of my notes is it made a couple fairly good references to the games and like that meme, you know, like that poorly written, poorly drawn meme Sonic. And they made so many different references to the, the games, to that meme. And they also had to make sure that Son the Hedgehog holds up in a modern day audience. So, yeah, that's what I kind of like about this movie to where it's multi-generational, to where it fits multiple generations of viewers to where, okay, some of the viewers can notice the references that's in the movie, but it's also modern enough to pass in modern day cinema criticism, if I'm making any sense here. <laughs> Yeah, I had the same thing written in my notes. It was like so many comedic moments and nods to the game franchise. Um, it was a fun movie. It wasn't perfect by any means, of course, but movie mm-hmm. hardly is. Hashtag Marvel. But it's an <laughs> enjoyable film for the family. Um, I love the new Sonic. I love the cast. 
of course, Jim Carrey was spectacular as always. Um, it was just a good movie from start to finish. But I do really like the uh, the voice character for Sonic. Man, he fits yeah. so perfect. So perfect. I would have gave the movie overall like a 7 out of 10. But I would give it one and a half star because they really listened to us and redesigned Sonic. Like, that yeah. alone. They caring about the fans and the franchise in general. Can I just say that Robotnik in this movie, bruh, it's like, it gets to a point to where he was a total dick throughout the whole movie, but it was like, at first, it was like really funny, especially with the way he heckled that major, but then it got to a point to where, okay, there's just some points to where you didn't have to be a dick at that moment. Like, I appreciate the, um, the scene where he was heckling that major, talking about, I'm in charge here. Uh, what's your name? I was like, Major, no one cares. And like, bruh, I was like, damn. Like, just shutting the dude down. And he did the same thing with Tom. He did the same thing with his assistant. And it's like, okay, it's kind of funny, but it gets to a point where, okay, bruh, calm down. Like, we get it. Uh, you're an asshole, but you don't have to be so obvious about it now. Like, you can kind of, like, <laughs> chill out now. And at the ending, it's like, okay. Uh, with the whole chase thing, especially with the tanks, like, I like that part where it was, like, Sonic said, uh, are you done yet? Like, no, but thanks for asking. Like, see, that part, I was like, okay, that's funny as hell. Like, <laughs> that's that's definitely memeable. Like, see, that's the whole thing with uh, Jim Carrey's performance as Eggman. It's like, not only is it the kind of character to where his quotes are memeable, but you got a good-looking guy with a, a handlebar mustache. So, of course, he's going to look charming enough to make the whole character in general sellable. It's like, True. people nowadays love good-looking villains with attitude. Like, that's just in right now. So the fact that they did that with this movie kind of showed that they put a lot of value into the movie, like 30 years. Like, oh, you know what? That does remind me of the point I was trying to make when you were saying with certain movies to where DC, well, no, not DC, uh, the Mario Brother movies, my bad, completely mm -hmm. different. But, uh, <laughs> When you were saying with the Mario Brothers movies that they kind of flopped back in the day, I was going to say that, to be honest, in today's climate of nerdhood, if they did do a Mario and Luigi movie again, but this time you made a more accurate to the video game counterpart like they did Sonic the Hedgehog, then it probably would have done a little bit better because there's way more Mario fans nowadays because... You know how it is, like Mario Brothers. It last. It was around longer than Sonic the Hedgehog, and at the same time, it was like at that experimental moment to where okay, let's just try a Mario and Luigi movie. It didn't do so well. However, Sonic the Hedgehog, what it did right was, like you said, this is the very first time they did a movie on Sonic the Hedgehog, and the fact that it took thirty years for that to happen. You could say this is like the perfect way to go about it because we're just now getting a movie and it turned out well enough 
to spawn another movie and hopefully another movie to where it's kind of like it's doing the whole franchise justice because if you play the games, you know how frustrating the games can be. So the fact that they had a good movie coming out kind of goes to show that um, Sonic the Hedgehog is coming back as a franchise. Mm. I mean, think about it. Sonic Rangers is coming out next year, too. Not just Sonic the Hedgehog 2, but a new game. And also Sonic Origins, um, like a whole collection is coming out later on this year. Uh, Sonic Colors uh, is going to remaster it this year. So with 30 years celebrating, Sonic the Hedgehog is making a combat. And with this movie being as successful as it is and bonus points for listening to its fan base. Right. This is a redemption arc for Sonic the Hedgehog as a franchise. So that's, that's what I like about this movie. Like this is like a, a definitive fun. moment for the franchise. That's true. Actually, I, one of the I definitely moments, concur. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think one of the biggest things about it is because there was a time period that Sonic had fell had fell off for a long for a period of time. But it was also be, but when they had touched base into it, I think when they when um I think it was Game Informer when I had read about it, because um, even Game Radar, a bunch of different um video game sites and um magazines that talked about it was that like a lot of sonic games just weren't doing as well because people were tired of getting the same thing over and over because sonic before it was just hey you got a hedgehog that goes super fast versus in mario mario can go fast but he can also slow down and take time but sonic was all about speed speed everything was about speed you play the game you have you have a time limit to get through the stage to do different things so it was like it became very difficult for them to kind of proceed forward. So there was a long time period that we didn't have much for Sonic. Like we had some video games, which I know we'll talk about when we get to video games in part three, but we had quite a few video games that just flopped that because they tried to do something different, but still maintain that Sonic speed aspect. And it just, it didn't go well. Versus nowadays, now we're right back into a fast pace. Like everyone, everything is fast paced. Move too slow, people rushing you. Like you're moving too slow, man. Hold on, speed up, speed up. This is like the perfect time period for Sonic to kind of come back. Like this is the time that everyone's like, yeah, we gotta go fast. Yeah, we gotta go fast. You gotta go fast. And then one of the craziest things about the movie is tells you sometimes you gotta slow down. Yeah, <laughs> you can go fast, but there are sometimes you might need to slow down. And to be able to use Sonic as a means of just saying that actually makes a big difference because for him everything runs fast and i did want to mention this really quick because i I do want to apologize for the fact that i didn't have this up beforehand um when we first mentioned in long claw i like long claw as far as an original character that was made like it was only brief that we had her for the movie but she was in long enough to make actual like a real impression like i mean to Mm. the point where in a lot of games, I didn't even know this, in a lot of the games that are out currently, in a lot of the phone games that you can play with Sonic the Hedgehog, they have added Longclaw as either a playable character, or they've added a token of her to give you special power-ups and stuff. Like, each of them gives Sonic special power-ups if you wind up collecting them. So it was actually very interesting that just that brief moment that they gave her in this movie, that she made such a lasting impression. So it kind of comes up to play because we did not actually see her die. We only knew that she was wounded. She had Sonic leave. They were charging after her and then the ring closed. So there's a chance she could be alive and could come back in Sonic 2. There's a chance that she actually is dead. We don't know. 
we honestly don't know. But one of the things that I did look up and, and kind of mentioned, it was pretty interesting because we were making these sonic comparisons to other things. I forgot this line in this movie where when Sonic was explaining to Tom who Longclaw was, he says that she's basically Obi-Wan Kenobi if Obi-Wan Kenobi had a beak and ate mice. <laughs> so <laughs> we have made comparisons to Marvel. <laughs> We have made comparisons to anime, and now we're right into a whole nother comparison to fucking Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Another comparison I want to make with Sonic and Goku. Keep in mind, alien hedgehog from another planet, alien monkey man from another planet. Just saying. Lord have mercy, bruh. Is this oh and you know the considering the fact they did make a fun they did make fun of um son of a uh, Mario anyway in the movie too. Remember the world that he was told to go to is like you either go to Earth or the only other backup world is a world of mushrooms. <laughs> Nothing but mushrooms. And what it was like you need... that, it was just <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> hey, we ain't going to say kid show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, it was like they. But the fact that they made fun of Mario in that aspect, because I, I automatically recognize they were making fun of Mario. It's a whole land of mushrooms, and all you can do is just progress across these mushrooms. And I'm sitting here like, so y'all just saying that Mario sucks? He says, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go. That's that's a horrible place. Oh no, we can't go there at all. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, so y'all making fun of Mario, or y'all trying to say that there's maybe a cross reference to Mario here? Because in the fact that. Dr. Eggman and found himself in this whole mushroom world. What's about to happen type of thing? Bruh, can you imagine if Mario and Luigi, they had their own movie, like, they come back with a new movie and it makes that um, cross-reference into Sonic, kind of like Godzilla vs. Kong, and then eventually uh, Link gets his own movie, and eventually we just get Smash Brothers the movie. <laughs> Look, if we're just going to make, and I want to make quick references to this so we can move on from it. I am a big fan of the TV series Super Mario Bros. Z. If y'all haven't seen that, my God, it is so fucking amazing. It is literally somebody took the sprites of Mario and Luigi and the sprites of Sonic and Tails and, of course, Knuckles 2 and Shadow, and they threw them all together where you have Metal Sonic as the main bad guy who wants to collect, of course, all the Chaos Emeralds, but he's also learned that there's a whole new power in a different dimension in the Mario World dimension that he can also claim, too. Introduces a whole new type of Metal Sonic who becomes this literal ultimate life form being, and before they cut the series because the person just didn't have the time and money for it anymore, which I'm, I'm so sad, but you literally had Super Mario, Super Luigi. I'm talking about Golden Cape Mario, Golden Cape Luigi, the ultimate forms that there is right now of Mario and Luigi. And you had Super Sonic, Super Shadow, all four of them going up against a super fucking metal Sonic who was annihilating their asses like it was nothing. If you want a cross-reference of Mario and Sonic, bring that back. That right there was amazing. If you don't know about it, you can go look it up and um, you go look it up on YouTube. There's a whole fan base for it. Everyone wants it to continue. There are people who are trying to make it continue but are unable to. It's just was so fucking beautiful. That right there is what I would need. 
make that into a movie. Contact that person. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like, it, bro. We definitely need to talk about that when we do not only part two, maybe part three of the Son of Hedgehog. We're going to get back to it, like, not only in part two and three, but maybe uh, when we do a Super Mario Brothers Extreme Review. Oh, uh, but yeah. Y'all got any um, thoughts of the second movie? Oh, uh, well, here's my I thing. Do. Here's my thing, um, real quick. I only got the premise of it. Basically, Eggman is going to come back from the mushroom planet all crazy, bald-headed, with um, full of mustache. And he's going to team up with Knuckles. And, of course, you know, in Sonic and Knuckles, you know the lore how somehow Eggman always find a way to trick Knuckles into uh, working for him. So somehow they're going to team up. And the main MacGuffin is some powerful emerald. Now, my question is, three routes they can go about this. Are they, Is it going to be one of seven Chaos Emeralds? Is it going to be the Master Emerald? Or are they going to pretty much go the MCU route and kind of make a reference to where, yeah, it's a Chaos Emerald, but they don't necessarily need all seven to do Supersonic or whatever they need to do? Like, kind of how with Civil War or other examples in the MCU to where it was kind of like a nerf version of that event. And, yeah, uh, on question is, is it going to be like one of seven Chaos Emeralds or the Master Emerald? That's the main thing I'm kind of trying to see, but we probably need to see a trailer in order to confirm, but most likely I'm leaning towards it's going to be the Master Emerald and then by Sunday Hedgehog 3, maybe they'll focus on finding all seven Chaos Emeralds because finding all seven Chaos Emeralds is a storyline in and of itself. That's your bare bones for a story in and of itself because all you have to do is go around the world finding the Chaos Emeralds. That's your story right there. There's going to be enemies going to try to stop you. There are going to be enemies trying to collect the Chaos Emerald from themselves. There's your story right there. That's true. Yep, there's going to be tragedy, loss, and gathering of the materials. Absolutely. You know what I really think into it is because you, you can never, Knuckles never gets involved unless something happens with the Master Emerald. So mm. I don't know. I, I'm hoping they do keep it something similar to that because Knuckles' role, his job is to maintain and to guard the Master Emerald. He doesn't give a fuck about the other Chaos Emeralds because in actuality, if you, <laughs> I mean, depending on how it goes, remember, it depends on how the story's going to go, depending on the comics or um, video games or if they just go a whole different route. But in the comics, video games, and stuff like that, the Master Emerald was the main power control, even for the Chaos Emeralds. Like, even if you had all seven Chaos Emeralds, you could literally, like, Knuckles and the Echidna Clan had such a bond with the Master Emerald that they could literally ask the Master Emerald to nullify the powers of the actual Chaos Emeralds, and it would do it. Bruh, that part when you realize that the Master Emerald is like Kami or Dende of the Chaos Emeralds, because keep in mind with the Namekians, they crafted the the Dragon Balls, and without the um, person who made the Dragon Balls, you know, whether it was Kami or Dende or whoever, uh, then there would be no Dragon Balls. Same logic with the Master Emerald. Without the Master Emerald, there is no Chaos Emeralds. 
Well, actually, that was so that's one thing that was also kind of different, but that was a touch base into a video game that was different into that. The Master Emerald was damaged and almost destroyed at one point. And when that happened, the Chaos Emeralds actually gained more chaos. It wound mm. up flying slightly different the way they did it as far as into the story. But again, we don't know if the movie's going to go in the same route or not. But in the yeah, story, yeah. it was very different. Like the the Master Emerald controlled and maintained the power of the Chaos Emeralds. But if the Master Emerald was destroyed, the Chaos Emeralds would have so much chaos to them, they would be almost nigh uncontrollable in themselves. So it was kind of slightly different in that one versus, you know, like if Kami well, and they die and the Dragon Balls are gone. This one, the Chaos Emeralds are still there. This one more so go like GT route. Whereas if you wish, yeah, yeah, much, I was thinking about that. Sudden, get the Black Smoke Dragon Balls, whereas now is the Dark Dragons that came out. That's what's yeah. kind of what happens with Chaos Emeralds here. They become overpowered of chaos and lose, and they, they wind up are no longer able to bind chaos into themselves anymore. They're just erupt into full ultimate chaos, causing a lot of destruction. <clears throat> that was why it was so important to maintain control of the Master Emerald. Because it wasn't just one of those things that's like, oh, if it gets destroyed, the Chaos Emeralds get destroyed. They probably would have destroyed the Master Emerald at some point like for that to happen. But when they found out that damaging or destroying this Master Emerald will actually cause these Chaos Emeralds to go berserk and out of control, they're like, we can't let nobody get to it. Because if someone gets to it, they can control the Chaos Emeralds. If they accidentally destroy it, the whole world is going to be destroyed in the chaos. And y'all just don't know how important this Master Emerald is, Eggman. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the Master Emerald is more like an inhibitor rather than a necessity. Yes. So that's just kind of things into it. It's important so that way the world doesn't collapse. But it still maintains a big important role in itself. Like, it's still Master Emerald. It still has chaos in itself, too. But yeah, like you said, it's an inhibitor. It controls it in that aspect. So it's kind of different in that. So it's one of those things that you can like, mm, see how that goes. But I want to know how that works out to bring Knuckles in. Because in the Sonic 3 game, in Sonic and Knuckles, you know, Eggman stole the Master Emerald and then said, and then tried to blame it, said Sonic did it. So it wasn't so much that he got Knuckles to team up with him. It was more so the fact that he wound up taking something and said, hey, he did it. Go get him. <laughs> And then, lo and behold, during that time, I think Sonic actually had some Chaos Emeralds at the time because it takes place right after Sonic 2, where if you beat that game properly, then you actually get all seven Chaos Emeralds and you beat Eggman at Super Sonic. So Knuckles sees that um, that Sonic has the Chaos Emeralds and then he goes berserk because he's like, you do have the Master Emerald. You are the one that damaged. You are the one that came and that just stole it from me. Give it back. And just becomes this whole big blowout issue <laughs> and shit but i don't know yeah. like how would that work out for this because knuckles does not step out unless something unless something is up with the master emerald that's been that way for every tv series that's been that way for um all the video games and everything like he does not leave unless the master emerald is in danger i think one of my favorite villains in sonic still is one of my favorite villains is chaos yeah because chaos derived from like he got his ultimate form when he actually absorbed the chaos from the master emerald that's when he got his ultimate form so one of the things that i'm thinking about is if they're introducing knuckles i'm wondering if the the main villain of this is not so much shadow or metal sonic 
But would it be that maybe they're taking an opportunity to bring a, a type of chaos into this movie? Is that going to be a main villain? Because it's not just you introduce Tails, you introduce Knuckles, which means the Master Emerald should come into play. But then there's also that aspect of they never explain Sonic's powers in this movie. Yeah. So, so I feel like they're going to go in an entirely different direction, but they're going to try to keep those main elements, but in a movie format to where, okay, slightly different, just, um, you know, kind of shake things up, but the main components are still there. It's kind of like the Mortal Kombat movie to where they try to set it up to where, okay, here are these characters, but it's not exactly true to the continuity of the video games because, remember, we nicked Pit about how Melina showed up, but the only reference that we got to Kitana was her fan. She didn't actually make an appearance, so we're just assuming that she might have died already, but even then, I would have probably appreciated an appearance from Kitana. But, yeah, uh, back to Sonic Hedgehog movie, I imagine that if chaos shows up, and I want chaos to show up, I really do, uh, it will have to be once the seven Chaos Emeralds is known to be a thing, to where, like I said, if they do like a Sonic Hedgehog 3 or maybe a 4, and they're trying to collect the Chaos Emeralds, uh, chaos can also be one of those um, villains that they have to watch out for, Otherwise, he's going to be the one the ones that collects the Chaos Emeralds and eventually he gets into that ultimate form and they have to fight him now. So there's your movie right there. There's a movie sure. in and of itself. So really, if you just played, if you know about Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, there's your movies yeah. right there. That right there. Like, make that into a movie. People who've never played the game or even have played the game would love to see it in a movie. That that would just be wonderful. I mean, so far, like, we're going to see what goes. The premise, the only premise that we have so far that's been written out is after settling into Green Hill, Sonic is ready for more freedom as Tom and Maddie let him stay home while they go on vacation. However, yeah. Dr. Robotnik, now Dr. Eggman, so remember, there's a change into that one. Returns from the mushroom planet with a new partner, Knuckles, in search of an emerald that can give the power to build and destroy civilizations. So Sonic mm-hmm. and his new partner, Tails, embark on a journey to get the emerald before it falls into the wrong hands. Well, that's the only premise that we have so far of the movie that they've released so far into it. But yeah. I mean, hey, that that still gives a lot. All right. So, do y'all got any like final thoughts on the first movie or potentials for the second? Because I'm about to end Sonic's whole career with his theory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm good. I, I've given. Uh, up. I've, I've spoken a whole lot right now, so I'm ready to give up on that one right now. It's actually about time for me to head in soon, but I want to hear what you got to say. Okay, hold on. Uh, let me. See. Let me uh, let me see. I got a few more notes, and I swear I'm gonna blaze through it. Uh, I like the turtle scenes where he's Sonic saved the turtle, and they took him for a joyride, and he the turtle was smiling and all that. Oh I like man, that I forgot discussion. about that. I loved that. Yeah, scene. loved it. I love oh, the scene. Oh man, that shoes. was a good scene. More than that, I love when he got his shoes. That was right. Iconic. Yeah, the shoes part that was touching. I like the baseball scenes where yeah, he's all alone and he's just contemplating about it. He just 
pretty much became an EMP and just wiped out the uh, town's power. And that's pretty much how the plot unfolded to where that's when Dr. Robotnik had to come in and investigate on it. So I did like that baseball scene, how it pretty much sets up the whole plot line going forward. Uh, I like how guys like Wiz Khalifa and uh, Ty Dollar and uh, Lil Yachty, I believe, did that song at the end of the movie, uh, that original song. I did yeah. like how they pretty much made an original song for that. And that's pretty much it. That's my notes. Uh, oh, yeah, Supersonic. Whenever he appears, that's the main thing. Like, is he going to only need one emerald to become Supersonic, or does he need all seven, which is why we need that chaos uh, arc or some movie arc to where they have to find all seven and even though chaos absorbed like most of them sonic still managed to become supersonic is that going to be in sonic the hedgehog 2 or in another future installment i'm kind of hoping they wait until like the last movie they do to do supersonic because that'll be a better send-off that'll be the send-off that dragon ball z was supposed to get because remember the dragon ball z saga was supposed to end at the freezer arc to where Once he got Super Saiyan, that was it. That was in the um, show. But I was wondering if they do it with the Son of Hedgehog movie, then that'll be another reference to what Dragon Ball Z was supposed to be. And that's it. That's all my notes. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. (laughs) For today's Conspiracy Corner, bro. I got three quick theories I want to go over with y'all about Sonic, right? God, okay. <laughs> this first theory, right, is that the Sonic trailer was purposely bad to get media attention to make the film boom, right? Oh, yeah, we know that. We know that. Right? It was, they yeah. purposely did stuff to see what was going to happen. That's the reason why they took the base. Yeah, so I, I see. I feel you on that. Go ahead. So... The cost alone of redesigning and re-enduring the main character after the whole movie been shot is unrealistic, right? Mm-hmm. They never do nothing like that for us as fans. Although I do appreciate it and gave us that nostalgia feeling so it's for us to buy the movie, they acknowledge specifically that the fan outrage um, caused them to redesign the movie. But as crazy as it sounds, it's not entirely impossible. You know what I'm saying? Because they could have already had that into the budget, or they could have already had two different designs of the character waiting for it to happen. Hmm. Okay. You know, you know, when it comes to concept art, they do where it's like, okay, we got multiple ideas of where we go about it, and we'll just see what works. So it could be a social experiment to where let's try this one version out first. Okay, they don't like it. They rather Sonic look more like true to the video game counterpart and it's like okay let's dial it back a little let's go back to where we originally started okay they don't want it to be more realistic like more human like they want to go for a more classic feel so yeah i can kind of see that okay. all right <laughs> the second theory right it gets a little darker <laughs> sonic Brilliant. is a baby killer <laughs> wait all right what? so sonic is a baby killer Right? I'm like white vision. I'm like, uh, I require weird, elaboration. Right? <laughs> it seems weird. But look though. So 
that scene where he uh was going so fast that he caused a power outage? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. One person on Reddit did some quick math. I don't know oh, how quick, but I and they I determined that the power ahead. grid cost babies in the NICU their lives. So he calculated yes. that up to 491 babies died. 491 oh, oh, oh. babies died was, during oh, that power oh. outage. Well, it was only in that one town, so I don't think it would be that number would be that high. But I do understand I what mean, you're saying. I mean, Sonic himself said there is hundreds <laughs> of people. That's a small town, dude. <laughs> it's a small town, yeah. Uh, I don't know about. I wouldn't say so much like that many. Maybe like 120. It's not really better. <laughs> but I mean, it's not good at all, boy. Lesser number than you would think. I mean, how often there is there babies in the hospital when there's only hundreds of people? Like, I doubt that they're fucking like rabbits. I mean, one baby. I mean, baby I mean not to put it past them, but come on. I'd have been like, yo, if that was my baby, I'd have been, oh man, I'm finna go murder Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been looking for a little uh, blue alien, so to speak, <laughs> everywhere. You'd have been like All that right. dude that was um, that they thought was crazy because they're like, it's a blue guy. I saw it. It was some blue blur. The blue blur. <laughs> and I you think the very observant class. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of speaking of Mario, right? Okay. The last theory I got is that the Sonic and Mario movies are connected. So, uh, you know, Reddit, Reddit definitely tells a lie. So, the theory suggests that the world of Sonic movie and the world of Mario movie are connected because of that comet that killed the dinosaurs and divided the Mario world into separate realms. It cre- also created a portal between the two worlds. In the theory, they split the the split caused by the meteor extends to Sonic's world, and it means the world of dinosaurs, the world of humans, and the world of Sonic are all connected. In fact, both films deal with portals, electricity, and animal creatures as a compelling argument. Add to the fact that Koopa mistakenly thinks that the humans evolved from mice, and you possibly have an area where rodents and other animals become the dominant species. Mm. Okay. <laughs> that that was so fetched. That would be a whole nother episode. To yeah. Try to yeah. It's, it's down the rabbit hole. Mushroom Reddit world. See, I already mentioned already about how the whole mushroom world was a, was obviously a play on the fact of Sonic picking on. Oh, I don't want to go there. That's pretty bad. And also being a connection. So we 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 already got that into it. But like that that's that's far. That's a bit far. Bruh, that that's was that was reaching. That, <laughs> yeah, Reddit, Reddit is it goes down the rabbit hole, but it's a I mean, fun theory. <laughs> it yeah, is, it's a fun theory, but that's really reaching debunk, just to make that work. Debunk. We can debunk that's it easily, that. but it's a good theory. Somebody, yeah. somebody really took their time. Somebody was somebody was smoking some good shit. That's what it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. had to be, had to be. You had to be like Charlie from Always Sunny, drawing up, um. Conspiracy map just to make it work. It's like smoking a cigarette, all cracked out your mind. You're like, bro, I figured it out. I connected the dots, bro. Check this out. I'm like, bro, you're sleep deprived. You're on that shit. Go to bed. <laughs> you got nothing. Yeah, I I actually like reaching for these theories and pulling out the 
stuff from Reddit and stuff like that because, um, first of all, it'd be fun theories, and then it give you something you never really thought about. Like, True. also, sometimes you might come across a gym where everything makes sense and the wires are all connected. Not in this case, but I found so many in Marvel. Like, but we'll see what it is next. Um, conspiracy corner. <laughs> okay. So my only final thing that I have, and I got to go ahead and get in because my kids are calling me for me right now. Um, so my final thing is, is one of the things that I agree with my mom, with my wife into this. She said one of the things that she loved so much about the movie was that it was, she said, you could tell when they gave Jeff the opportunity of writing this movie, when they gave Jeff the opportunity of writing this movie, that imagine a little kid who always, want, who had dreams of becoming a filmmaker and wanted to write this movie, I'm going to come in, and they wanted to be like, hey, I want to do it. Years, 20 years, odd years later, they finally said, they finally gave this person that, hey, go ahead, write this movie. And he went and dug and found this old script and was like, I need to revamp this, but I'm, I finally got the opportunity to use it. Like, the story for the first one and how, it, how everything played out was very rushed. That's what I was trying to mention earlier when I first watched it. It was tugging at my heartstring because, again, this first first Sonic movie, I watched it. I felt like my kid coming out, and I was like, awesome, awesome. <laughs> then I went back and watched it again. I was like, okay, no longer as a kid. Let me watch this as an adult. Let me get back to, to movie critic Koku Gatsu. Yeah. Koku Gatsu, who dives into every single movie. Y'all heard me every episode diving all different types of craziness and stuff. So I went back and watched it again and actually dove into it and was like, oh, wait. This was, this was kind of a kid writing. <laughs> <laughs> it was not the best it it works okay but uh <laughs> it's too simple the, i felt like the plot was too simple for it to be like it's almost if it was simple enough to work to at least introduce sonic and dr robotnik as future nemeses but it was so simplistic that it doesn't really branch off into anything major until at least the very end to where okay Eggman's gonna try to make a comeback but how and we find out in Sonic the Hedgehog 2 that he is gonna come back and work with Sonic I mean not Sonic (laughs) work with Knuckles and yeah like maybe from there we might get some branching out to where how where it's gonna go um also, I'm kind of wondering how they're going to fit in Sonic and Tails' relationship because is it going to be like a pre-existing relationship or are they pretty much going to cram a whole lot of friendship into one movie? Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, with Sonic the Hedgehog movie, I feel like without the references and Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik, not gonna lie, the Sonic Hedgehog movie will probably be a nothing burger of a movie. Like, basically, it it had to be peppered in with fan service in order for it to work. And once again, thirty years, you have to bring it with this movie, especially if you're trying to bring back the franchise as a whole. And luckily, it did well enough to where okay, well, Sonic, uh, we'll revisit some things like. We'll give some of the games remasters. By the way, I am really hoping they remaster at least Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, not Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, 
2006. I mean, they could because that was like trash, but we're not trying to focus on that move on that game. Shit. <laughs> uh, remaster Sonic Adventure One and Two. Remaster Sonic Riders. Remaster some of these games that I like, and we might do some business. Uh, I feel like this is the perfect time for all that to give Sonic Hedgehog that redemption that it needs. And with the movie, I want to say, getting to the point, I just kind of wish they added a little bit more to kind of. It's okay to kind of complicate the plot a little bit more as long as it doesn't lead too many plot holes. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I just felt like they just kind of. It, it was basically saved by fan service. Like, uh, all you really had to do is just add some references to the games and modern atmosphere, and you probably would get some success out of it because it was being appeasing to multiple generations. So yeah, um, aside from that, I felt I like the problem was kind I think of... It was just, it was just too safe. Like, that, yeah, that was kind really of... I mean, if, just to kind of sum up what you were saying, this kind of how I feel your sum up is, it was too safe. Like, we understood they had to be nervous because of the fact that, for one, they already hit so much backlash. They already were like, well, we're not going to change nothing else in the movie. We don't want to take too many other risks and too many other chances into it. But sometimes, like even in the original writing, take take a little bit more of a chance into it. Introduce something a little bit more. Like mm. you could you could delve deeper into Longclaw. Like no, honestly, yeah. they could have been a little bit deeper story into her. Um, only thing we have so far is that she was she protects people. She protects. She found Sonic. She knows of his power. She protected him from it because of his power and tried to keep him a secret. Other than that, that's it. Like we, we don't know too much else, and then boom, she's gone. So yes. it, was, it was simple, and it was like, eh, come out, come out that fear, come out that fear. Give us something. You know what? Bit. You know what? What I really think it is, the characters by themselves, they didn't have enough character on their own. It's almost as if they have to interact with each other in order for it to be a coherent movie to where they kind of relied on the dynamic of each other rather than, okay, let me just add a character that have like enough character to stand on its own. Really, the only one who does stand out is like Sonic and Dr. Robotnik. Like with Sonic, he has the jokes and, you know, the super speed and all that. Of course, he's the main protagonist. He has to stand out in that sense. But also the villain, he also has to carry the movie as well. So really, if you wasn't Sonic or Dr. Robotnik, you were just kind of there. You know, you were just there just to help move the plot along, really. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. This, but like I said, I mean, the writing itself, it feels a little rushed. But it's understandable if you, you know, Again, like it was the first movie. You have nothing to, re- you have video games and TV series to base off of. But let's be honest, how many movies based off of video games and TV series tend to go like, oh, this was perfect and amazing? Like, yeah, really- right. <laughs> so I understand the fear, but a lot of times pushing past that fear and just doing it makes a big difference. Like that's that's one of the things that helped out Marvel. Like Marvel itself just said, we're not. We're basing it into the comics, but we're not following the comics exactly. Screw that. We got a whole different story. Right. And now, final 
final words. Let's just go ahead and wrap up the episode right now. Uh, final words. My final words is like I mentioned before. I'm happy one of the things they mentioned to the movie is like as much as we have to have Sonic the Hedgehog going fast, everything goes fast. Sometimes it's good to slow down. Sometimes right. it's good to just take a minute, take a step back, and just relax. You know, take a moment back. Don't be afraid to take a moment to reevaluate yourself, reevaluate what you want to do, reevaluate your experiences. It gives you an opportunity, and a lot of times, if you tend to find yourself repeating an issue, repeating the same mistake you've made before, you might just need to take a step back and just look at it. You know, what exactly did I do? And it'll give you an opportunity, a new perspective. And that can make all, that always can make the world a difference. Right. Right. Otherwise, it's slow down. Take your right. time. And for me, th- it's overall about the movie. It's generally it's an exit movie. Uh, I was a little skeptical at first, given the fact that they uh, would have been a change if they fixed the design. I was I thought it was going to be a worse design than the first design, and everything like that. And then um, I thought it was going to be like the Smurfs at first too. So uh, <laughs> I was wrong as hell. But and Jim Carrey, man, absolutely steals the show. Um, as Eggman and then Sonic, bro. Overall, Sonic just cute, man. I mean, yeah. iconically cute. And then the action scenes are excellent, and some of the jokes, man, they were hilarious. I recommend the movie to anybody. Right, great movie. I definitely give it at least seven point five, maybe eight point five, if I'm being generous. And like I said in the middle of it all, I feel like this movie was a definitive moment back then. Now that it's released in last year, 2020, it was a definitive moment for the franchise to where now that people generally like the movie, especially how the creators listen to the fan base on the design on Sonic, it kind of goes to show that you'll be so surprised how much support you will get if you actually listen to your fan base. And that's what I'm trying to do with the zone here to where if you have any topics, whether it's video games, TV shows, movies, maybe books, maybe music, you got any recommendations for us to review, you know, give us some ideas. Um, in fact, Kogigasu here, he has Sonic the Hedgehog as his profile picture on Discord. And you go on Discord and you can cast your vote on what you would like us to review as far as TV show, movies, whatever it may be. Uh, also, keep in mind that we do have the arcade zone to where we do like to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog and other games. We have the cinema zone for those who love the movies, um, not just necessarily Sonic the Hedgehog, but, you know, all movies. Uh, since we did make some references to them, we have the comic zone, the Star Wars zone, the anti manga zone, and of course we have the main bread, Zealous of Nerd Entertainment, on Facebook. Uh, by the way, we do have merch now. We're trying to build it up to where we're doing T-shirts, mugs, hoodies, all we need. Uh, working with multiple artists to get some new designs on the shop. So check out Zealous of Nerd Entertainment on Facebook to shop for some nerdy stuff. I'm working on 3D printing now to where I get some 3D miniatures um, printed and painted so you can buy those. Um, trying to get back into streaming 
And of course, we're still going to do this podcast where we have a whole lot of content to go through. So with that being said, stick with us, my friends. We got a lot of things to go over. And with that said, let's just go ahead and zone out on this. I'm Jet Black Extreme, and this has been Kokugatsu and Professor Tuck. We will be coming back with part two of Sonic the Hedgehog Extreme Review when we start with Sonic X, Sonic on the Ground, and also the OG Sonic the Hedgehog TV show that's happened to be on Netflix. Uh, Sonic X is also on Netflix, and Sonic Underground is on Prime Video. And if you're interested in watching Sonic the Hedgehog, the 2020 movie, it is on Hulu now. So with all that said, Stay nerdy, my friends. Great things are coming. And until next time.